Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, welcome back to another great episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. And today we have a, a great special guest who's not quite a guest because uh, it's Marion Leary. And Marion has been on the show before both as a guest and as a as a part host of a special segment of, of the STEM Everyday Podcast. We'll talk about that later. But for now, I'd love to welcome to the show, Marion. Uh, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be back as a uh, guest again and to talk yeah. with you, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, especially that we get to interview the Philly Geek of the Year 2017. I mean, this, this is like royalty. I mean, you, you probably have a crown and, and everything probably made out of something really cool. Okay, so the best part about winning the Philadelphia Geek of the Year was the award they give you. It is a 3D printed trophy made yeah. by one of our big uh, makerspaces, NextFab. So that was the best part of it. That and, of course, being named Philadelphia Geek of the Year in a community that is full of so many um, deserving people. So I was really honored to win to win this year. Yeah, well, well, on behalf of me, you know, that isn't connected to Philly at all, except for, you know, once in a while rooting for some Philadelphia sports teams. I, I will say you you are very well deserving of, of anything that's of the year. So, um, well, thank if, you. Uh, <laughs> now, now you brought up Philly already, so let's start right there. You you love Philly. Philly has a has an awesome, um, basically geekness to it. Geekadelphia is another another way that uh, some people describe it. So, why yeah. why so much geek in Philadelphia? Well, so it's a very timely question. So I'm actually listening right now to Walter Isaacson's book Benjamin Franklin. So okay. um, you know biography on Ben Franklin and Philly was a city of firsts and it was a city of firsts in science and innovation and technology. Ben Franklin is just one example of that. And that culture uh, and that innovative spirit runs really deep in Philadelphia. And we have a number of amazing organizations here who are trying to get the word out and build a community around innovation, technology, and really just all around geekness. So you mentioned the Philadelphia Geek Awards. So every year for the past seven or eight years, they've held the the Philadelphia Geek Awards where they honor local scientists, local innovators, local makers and educators and innovators. And um, the ultimate award is the Geek of the Year, which again I was honored to win this year. Kind of like, like the Best Picture Award, right? It it was, and honestly, I had no idea what to expect. I unfortunately hadn't been to one um, before, and it is actually like you know the Academy Awards or the Oscars. So they have all of the categories. They run through all of the nominees. You go up, you collect your award, you give a speech. It is exactly like that, and then the last. Best picture uh, category is Geek of the Year, and um, yeah, so I was lucky enough in a um, in a uh, <laughs> so I was lucky yeah. enough in that category to be amongst two other amazing women, and and the Philadelphia 
Geek Awards really tried to highlight diversity in technology in Philadelphia, which is another thing that I really liked about it. And that yeah. award ceremony is put on by Technically Philly, Generosity, and also Geek Geekadelphia. So three yeah. local um, organizations. Yeah. So, I mean, def I mean, for anybody listening, any part of the country, the world, um, just just thinking through that and listening to that, and whether you even apply it to just your own school, I could imagine a school saying, hey, let's let's have some great awards for kids, you know, not just for their sports or not just for something else. But but could you imagine if there is I mean, well, I have to ask, was there a red carpet, too? <laughs> there was a red carpet. There was. All right. So think of how cool and, and how much of an impact that could make, you know, in your community or, um, you know, with your kids in your own school, if you had some, some awards like that, just really make geek be something to be proud of, you know, like, like you're talking about Benjamin Franklin. I, I think if Benjamin Franklin, you know, knew the word geek, he would probably have been a proud owner of that title that he was a geek and he was proud of it. Yeah, we definitely, and Philly's really good about this, trying to change the narrative around geek and nerd and, you know, try, it's not, a, it's not a bad connotation at all. It's actually, I wear that title that geekness very proud loud and proud and yep, i think yep. everybody should yep yep so so lots of great stuff in, in your city and and then built out of that um you've you've done a, a lot of amazing things now you're you're not a teacher but you're you're an educator more at the, the college level you uh, you work with resuscitation science so maybe give people just a, a quick little hint about what what it's like being a resuscitation scientist Sure. So um, as a resuscitation scientist, I'm studying how to improve outcomes from sudden cardiac arrest. So a sudden cardiac arrest occurs when somebody's heart suddenly stops beating and it takes the quick provision of cardiopulmonary resuscitation or CPR, which is mm -hmm. chest, chest compressions and rescue breaths when appropriate um, for a cardiac arrest. And so I'm working right now at the intersection of integrating technology for training and education around bystander response and training. So looking at using virtual and augmented reality to heighten the stress and realism of cardiac arrest events. So, so if, if many teachers who have gone through CPR training at their school, uh, which is pretty common, um, if, if they were actually to do that, but with a, a VR headset and, and have to face that heightened pulse rate, that real situation, you're looking around, I assume you'd look around and you'd see things that look like an accident scene or something, right? Yeah, so I'm using it right now in research. So we've created this multi-sensory, high-realism cardiac arrest event in the virtual world. So we've integrated a CPR feedback mannequin into an immersive virtual reality platform. We're using the HTC Vive and the subjects can walk around this virtual environment. We've programmed it so that they can interact with the avatar bystanders. So they can ask them to call 911 and the bystander will pick up their phone and call 911. We ask them to go get one of those shock boxes and automated external defibrillator. And the simulated yep. avatar can bring that back and the subject can apply that to the virtual victim. And then the subject can also perform CPR both on the virtual victim and in the real environment on the mannequin. The whole idea here is that we want people to not just be prepared with the skills to perform CPR, but to emotionally and mentally be prepared to step up and respond when needed. Uh, CPR. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, CPR training has been around for 50 years, and in that time, survival has only incrementally increased. And part of the reason, I believe, is because of the way we've been training people in these classroom settings that are completely devoid of the stress or emotion of what it's like to actually have to respond. And these technologies are available today that can help us heighten realism, heighten stress, and better prepare people for those emergencies. That's cool. And so out of your research, uh, you you started – uh, like the very first bits of, of your own company called Emerge Labs, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, that'd be I-M-M-E-R-G-E Labs, just for anybody that would want to look it up. But but thinking thinking that through, I mean, this is just built out of your, your love of science, um, learning something, you know, you, you like resuscitation science, you kept going in it, you, you built all this, and and a kid maybe not have ever thought of the fact that that, that VR headset that allows them to play a game um, can also be used to save lives. I mean, yeah, how cool. It, it's so cool. I'll tell you, I, when I was little, I never would have even thought to imagine the, to, of doing the things that I'm doing today. Um, mm-hmm. And I think any kid out there, who is unsure of what they want to be or what they want to do when they quote unquote grow up, you know, it's a journey. You don't need to know the things that I've done throughout my life have led me to where I am today. And I'm so fortunate that I get to experience and explore and play with science in all these different areas and combining them with technology and combining them with art. You know, there's a lot of art that goes into the work that we're doing to make these scenarios highly realistic um, from audio visual aspects. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can integrate your interest areas into science and technology. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Now transition that that's, that's, I think, perfect. Um, You, you've made these, these 12 episodes in the past of uh, part of the STEM everyday podcast, they were called the steam rollers, S T E A M and then R O L L R S. Um, subtitled women paving the way in, in steam. And and you interviewed uh, these different women who are just doing awesome things in, in that realm of STEM uh, and steam from child books, authors to uh, different nursing and, and medicine and physicians, people that, you know, uh, I, one of my favorite episodes, we interviewed Lindsay Mullen, who works as an engineer at Disney and um, just designing rides and things like that. Uh, you talked to the astronaut Abby, who's this uh, young um, she, and at that point she was younger than 18 and she wants to be that first, um, person to go to Mars and, um, and, and just thinking through all these kinds of people that do these, all these kinds of amazing jobs and sharing those stories with kids, uh, like you said, trying to, trying to find ways to help those kids realize there are some awesome things that can be done with STEM. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I love the one main reason I love doing that podcast was hearing people's hearing these women, hearing their stories about what they're doing now, what they were doing when they were younger, how they got to where they're at. I mean, astronaut Abby is a great example. She is someone who is really interested in science and space. And she has taken her passion and love for that to just like the next level. And if anybody wants to follow her online or check her out, she is documenting her journey, her goal of being one of the first generations to go to Mars. And she's all in 
Um, and all of the women that I interviewed on the podcast were just inspirational and inspiring. And um, I highly recommend giving it a listen if you are at all interested in hearing some inspirational stories of women in STEM. Yeah, and and they are also great for 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 daughters, uh, for um, for girls in in your classroom, and and even the boys too. I mean, to mm-hmm. to hear hear those awesome stories of people doing awesome things. One of the parts I always loved about your episodes, you'd always at the end you'd ask a question from your daughter, um, and and that was so cool because it it put this little insight into so what is a what is a uh, I think at the time she was like nine or 10 and, and just what kind of insight does she have into, into something like that? But that's a lot of a product of, of you talking about STEM and geeky kind of stuff at home and, and helping with your kids. Yep. All the time. I mean, I, I try and encourage her all the time to think about science and technology and um, how it can be applied. And that's one of the reasons, again, I really enjoyed doing that podcast podcast was to get her involved and get her thinking about uh, how to how to what questions to ask these different women in these different areas and you know she has been saying since she was little that she wants to be a marine biologist and she's really interested in science and she's a really really phenomenal writer and you know just trying to show lead by example and show her that you're not just one thing you can be a scientist you can be a writer you can be a podcaster um you know there are many things you can do you just have to you know you just have to do it yeah exactly just just you know don't just try do right yep exactly i think that was even like a ben franklin quote right (laughs) i think there's a quote about that yeah, way but way before Yoda. Oh, that was a long, exactly. long ago, right? But he, you know, I mean, he was the original Yoda. He was the original. He was about the same height, right? And uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, I as a we were talking earlier, I I can communicate on a on a podcast pretty well. And you were saying, oh, you're so much better than me at at, at talking on a podcast. And I said, but you're a much better writer, and and that's also cool too to remind kids that whatever your passion is or whatever you're good at, you can use those skills, those talents um, to, to do amazing things, whether it's with STEM or, or even just something else, but you're going to come into contact with that STEM, no matter what you're doing as a, as a writer, like you were talking about the different um, um, technically Philly and, and those mm-hmm. people are writers, but what yep. are they writing about? They're writing about science and, and that science communication is, is so critical. Um, being able to com- communicate that in a clear and concise way without sounding like you're just a professor or using big words is, is a huge talent and a huge need. Yeah, for sure. I mean, getting the work that we are all doing out of the ivory tower and out to the people who would benefit most is a really big passion of mine right now. And uh, like you said, I'm doing that on multiple levels. It started out with the Steamrollers podcast. Um, I write for a number of blogs, so Huffington Post, and I've written guest posts for Geekadelphia and Generosity. And I write my own blog posts about, you know, science and science communication and a variety of other topics. And I just think we as scientists have a responsibility to spread the good word of all the work we do so that people understand how pervasive and necessary 
science, technology, engineering, art and math are to everything we interact with on a daily basis. So there really isn't anything we don't interact with on a daily basis that isn't a benefit of science. And right. I think I think we are so fortunate to live in an era that we live in, in a time that we live in where technology and science is all around us and we may potentially take that for granted. And yeah. um, I think we have a responsibility to, especially now, to to show people what that means for their real lives, whether it's healthcare or um, food, food, environment, sustainability, all of those topics that are really important uh, to yeah. a healthy life. Yeah, all of those things. There's so many things that intersect with our daily lives. Um, mm-hmm. It's if if we stop and step back and say, okay, where is the science? Where is the math? Where is the technology? The art? Um, the engineering? And it's it's great, and it's awesome that you're you're doing all this sharing. Um, I would, I would dare, I would, I would encourage everybody to check out the, the steamrollers podcast that were part of the STEM everyday podcast. Um, check out Marion Leary, find her at Marion Leary on Twitter. Um, and then, um, there's clicks from there that you can, you can get to uh, her own site and, and, and other things. And we'll have those on the, on the remarkable chatter website as well. So one last question I just want to ask you, I thought this would be be cool to ask. I heard this on another podcast, so this is not my original idea. But if you could have <laughs> dinner with one person, or maybe two or three, living past, any idea? Yes. Um, though now I'm, th- you know, I'd love. So yes. So let's say because it is. Um, so okay. So yes, I have. I have multiple. So because I'm reading Ben Franklin. Yep. biography i'd love to have been there um it is cool. marie carey's birthday today and so i'd love to have her oh. there yeah um and i think the wright brothers and for one reason so i also read um david mccullough's book on the wright brothers and they were incredible innovators but not only were they incredible innovators they were two of the most persistent people i have ever mm-hmm known of they ran into roadblocks and failures just um repeatedly but they never gave up and for the students out there and the kids out there this is a really important point and it's something i try and um, tell my kid probably too often (laughs) that (laughs) failure is not a bad thing it is a, a learning experience and it comes with life you know you're not always going to be successful especially in academia in writing you're going to get rejected constantly with submissions of grants and manuscripts and your studies are not going to work out the way that you think it's going to and that's okay and it's how you react and and adjust that determines you know your successes in life so um i think those those three slash four people because it's the right brothers yep, i think yeah. would be an interesting mix so that's awesome and by the way it, it does you almost have to wonder did did wilbur and orville ever go anywhere without the other you know they must have always been hey we're the right brothers <laughs> right and well and their sister was a very big part of their success and i'm thankful to david mcculler because he um, I'm thankful to David McCullough because he adds her in just as much as the other two and highlights her help in their successes. 
That's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing all that. And, um, and, and you've got me feeling better enough about not being a geek of the year candidate. I can deal with that failure in life. I will, uh, I will someday be a geek of the year somehow, some way, even if it's just geek of the year in my classroom. You're a geek of the year to me, Chris. <laughs> well, thank you, Marion. And to so, Marian, all the people who listen to your podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I better, we better, we better wrap this up because otherwise I'll, I'll never wrap it up. I'll just want to keep hearing myself talk about how great I am. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Thanks again for uh, Marion Leary joining the show. Uh, great to have you on, Marion. Thank you, Chris. It was really great to be on and talk with you. Yeah. And uh, as always, check out all the great podcasts on Remarkable Chatter and uh, check out all the great uh, STEM Everyday Podcasts, especially those Steamrollers episodes. Check those out. iTunes and Google Play and online at MarkleChatter.com. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.